on this episode of Adventures in Being Gifted. Try to find a good balance because it's easy to just be like so overwhelmed with school and like putting so much pressure on yourself with school. And it also like you have to like enjoy high school. Like there's so many fun parts about it that I think it's important to find a balance between like personal and social life and then academic life as well. And so don't only focus on one and school's only a part of who you are. Like it's okay if you mess up, like you'll get like, I don't know. It's only a part of who you are. That and a whole lot more coming up. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Adventures in Being Gifted podcast. I'm Jill Hartsock. And I'm Jessica Mullen. And we're two experienced gifted teachers and your hosts. This podcast is a place for parents, educators, and students living the gifted adventure to hear stories, practical tips, and deep dive into relevant topics related to being gifted. So come along for another Adventures and Being Gifted episode. The thing, Jessica, about our position as gifted intervention specialists is that we get a lot of parents asking us parent advice and what to do with our kids and how do we handle certain scenarios. So we have invited Abby here today with us because she is one of those students who was in third grade, grew up, went through nine more years beyond when I taught her, and she really just has stayed, you know, afloat. She has been successful. She has done a great job being just a teen, going through all of those different ups and downs. And we just wanted to hear from her kind of looking back and reflecting on herself and her life in school, elementary school, middle school, and high school, what it was that helped her kind of be successful. Yeah. And it's awesome that she kind of dives into the support that she gets from her family as she kind of struggled a little bit with perfectionism and how her parents really helped her work through that and give her strategies along the way as she kind of realized some of her gifted characteristics and used strategies um, to make her successful. Which is so helpful for us adults who are working with kids either in the school setting or parents so that What she says today, I think, is going to be really meaningful for all of us to try to think about, do we really talk about what it means to have this identification as gifted and break that down? I know for you and me, it really did affect what we do in the classroom this school year. So that was really great for us to hear her feedback and then kind of tweak some of our units so that we can really dive deeper into those gifted characteristics and help them understand why they are coming to a gifted program pull-out class. So if you haven't listened to episode three, please go ahead and make sure you do that. And also, I think episode seven, both of those are really good episodes to kind of hear some reassuring advice and just encouragement over our different guests that have been on those two episodes. Yeah, here we go. Today on Adventures in Being Gifted, we have a recent high school grad who is starting her freshman year at Purdue University. Abby is a gifted student who was identified in the first grade and participated in her public school district's gifted pullout program starting in second grade and then continued taking higher level classes and AP classes in high school. 
I actually met Abby as a second grader in our school's gifted program where I was one of her gifted intervention specialists for two years. I can remember Abby being the type of student who would eat up anything that we were teaching her, any unit, any activity or project that we did. She always had a huge smile on her face and that she showed how much she loved to learn. What we want to know today is how Abby was supported throughout her school years to overcome any challenges and the joys of growing up gifted and how she has been able to thrive in the different grades that she has gone through. So Abby, welcome. We're so lucky to have you here as our guest today. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. This is so fun. Yes. Hi, Abby. So before we get started, you just finished last year, your senior year, and you lived your senior year through a pandemic. So tell us what you'll remember most about your senior year. Yeah, um, I'll definitely remember a lot because it was crazy, but it was honestly tougher than I would have expected. Like I thought it would be weird, but like not as weird as it actually was, but I'm really glad we could um, be in class. I think being in the building was really helpful and like helped me connect with people more and just seeing my friends and teachers in the hallway was really nice. But something I really like was kind of sad about was just missing like football games and the student sections and school dances. Cause I like love traditions and I'm a big traditions person. So it kind of made me sad missing that, but I just kind of learned to like grow to accept it and just enjoy the little things. And like no one else was going to have a year like that. So I was like, I might as well just try and make it memorable and make the best out of it. Memorable it was. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So were you still, you were still able to have prom, correct? Yes. We had prom at the end, which was really fun. Yes. Nice to kind of like end it all together. Big tradition. And you were able to have graduation. Yeah. Yeah. That was it was weird, like having everyone all together, like the online learners and the in-person learners, like all together, but it was really nice to have. Yeah. Was that pretty emotional just to see everybody like finally be together? You made it through the end of the year and you're just like, okay, we're doing this. We're having graduation. Yeah. It was definitely emotional. And like, I remember looking around and someone said something like, take it in, like this moment will become a memory. And I was like, wow, like that's crazy. (laughs) Like, yeah. And I'm like, it's over and I'm graduated. Like, it's crazy. On on to the next step of life. Here we go, Purdue University. Oh my gosh. So Abby, you were identified as gifted when you were probably like seven, eight years old. And you started going to the gifted program um, in the school in second grade. So you've, I mean, spent most of your life knowing that you are quote unquote gifted. So my question would be, when you first found out that you were identified gifted, what did that mean to you? Do you remember all those years ago? Yeah. um, Honestly, like when I was that young, I don't really think I completely understood what it meant. Um, But I just remember like enjoying going to my gifted like class. It was fun. And I remember I really liked being able to do like creative thinking and like problem solving rather than just like math, science, language arts, like it was something different that I like hadn't experienced before, which I really liked, but I just like went to it like any other special, like I just had fun in it. But then as I like got older, I started to understand more what it meant as I started taking like honors and AP classes throughout like high school and going on. And I think it was different for me, not as much as like going to a gifted like class in middle school, but more so 
Um, just like the way I thought internally, like trying to think outside the box or like problem solve more when I was in an everyday like math class or something. But I don't think I completely understood what it was when I was younger, but I still really liked it. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were, you know, kind of going through the years and getting older and starting to realize more and more what gifted means, what would you say were some characteristics that kind of stood out to you, good or bad? Okay. I think like... (laughs) The good parts was just uh, I was able to challenge myself and like, would you get lost in um, your learning? Like, would you just like dive deep or want to like really yeah. go further in something that you were either studying at school or you discovered on your own? Yeah, I would say like good things about it was that I cared a lot about learning and I would always want to like keep learning. And whenever I like found something, I wanted to like go all the way and finish it and like do well on like a project or something. And I remember we got to like pick like a topic we could do in gifted. And I loved that because I could pick what I liked and just like go all in on it. But I'd say like some of the bad parts were just um, me personally was like a big perfectionist and um, put a lot of pressure on myself because that was just always kind of been my personality, even starting like little And it just kind of like grew as I went through middle school and high school. Um, But I'd say probably the major challenge was just putting the pressure on myself. I didn't have much pressure from like outside people. Like my teachers and parents were really supportive of me, but I would just put a lot of uh, pressure to succeed on myself, which I like talked to my parents about and like learned to grow through and work through as I got older. So it seems like there was some balance between you being aware of those perfectionistic kind of tendencies and then your parents kind of possibly helping you out be a little bit more even keeled. Yeah. They were really supportive throughout the whole thing. Yeah. That's really important. So knowing that you have this label as gifted. So do you feel like along your journey through school, um, the label maybe had you perceived in a certain way from others or how did you feel about the gifted Mm -hmm. label? Yeah. Um, I don't think I felt perceived differently from others just because I felt like as I went on to like middle school or even high school, like everyone was really smart around me. Like I was like, like, or when I was in an AP class, like everyone was really like smart. So I didn't really feel any different or anything, but it was more so just like pressure I was putting on myself from, like, I didn't really think about the label, but I was more so just like you need to like do your best on this like you need to get an A on this like not so much thinking about the label but just pressuring myself to do it best. So what were some of the effects that that pressure put on you? Did you stay up late? Did you cut sleep out of your (laughs) schedule? So like how did that affect you in your daily life? I definitely like learned how to manage it better throughout high school like by the time I got to the end I was like had a good routine and schedule, but I would say, um, I had to learn how to, uh, manage my time a lot better, especially when I got to high school, like taking honors classes and AP classes and also trying to balance like clubs or sports. I kind of had to set a schedule. Like when I got home, I like started my homework right away when I would get home. And like, I know some people like don't start till later in the night, but I knew if I started later in the night that I would just stay up all the time. So I kind of just set a routine that 
helped me out, but there definitely were some nights where I was studying and had to stay up pretty late because I was like, do I really understand this? Like, I need to make sure I'm good. Like, okay, I think I'm good. Okay, I'm good. I'm going to bed now. (laughs) Can you tell us how your parents played a part in that and just helping to either ease or like you had said, support you in when you, in the times that you were giving yourself a lot of pressure, like would they just have conversations with you or would they kind of coach you through maybe try this or try that? Yeah. Um, my parents were super supportive. Like I was the main source of pressure on myself. Like they never put pressure on me. They were just there to help me and guide me. Cause I feel like gifted students enough have enough pressure on themselves because they put it on themselves. So they don't really need it from like more outside sources. But my parents were just really helpful in the fact that I would like, I had like a really close relationship with them. And so I could talk to them and just be like, I'm so stressed out for this tomorrow. Like, I don't even know where to start. And my mom would be like, okay, well, like, let's look at it together. Like I'll quiz you over these, like start with these and then move on to the next 10. And like, she would really help me out through that. And I know I know my parents would like quiz me for stuff, which was really helpful. And they would um, just talk to me a lot. Like there were so many times where I was like staying up late and they were like, okay, like take a break, like take a breather. We'll return to this in like 30 minutes. Like you can, you can do this. Like they would just be there to like help me more so than just be like, do you understand this? Like, why aren't you doing this? Like stuff like that. Like almost coming alongside of you. Like your mom was like, I'll quiz you and I'll, you know, let's take a break together. So Mm -hmm. did you actually like leave your house and go take a break or you would just go do something different at your house? Um, Go get ice cream or something like that. (laughs) I would just usually just take a break from the actual schoolwork because I was one where it was hard to like take a break and close the computer and stop looking. So I was like, I don't understand this. Like I need to keep doing it. But they would tell me like taking a break will be more helpful than just staring at it and trying to remember everything and trying to um, do it all in such a short amount of time. So I would usually just take a break and watch some TV or go on my phone. That's good. That's really good advice for people listening to know what to do for their own kids or for kids to do for themselves or ask what their parents can help do for them. As you were identified gifted at a young age, you went through elementary school, middle school, high school, and now you are off to college at Purdue. As you are going to be on your own, you're not going to have your parents there to, you know, kind of remind you to take that break or to help you when you have those super stressed out moments. So how do you anticipate kind of handling that on your own? Yeah, I feel like my parents have helped me throughout high school, but they've also kind of helped me like grow into independence as well. Like they've been there for me when I need them, but also like they like help me and watch me like grow on my own. It's like helps me grow and prepare me for college because I feel ready for it. But I also feel super close to my parents. And I know whenever I'm there, like I can rely on myself because I have like worked on growing into an independence for myself and relying on myself But when I'm at college, I'll definitely still reach out to friends or classmates for help in that class. Or I like have never been afraid to ask for help. And so I know that I can go to a professor, go to a teacher's assistant, like anything for help. And I just have learned throughout high school as well to like hold myself accountable. And I think I'll be able to do that in college as well. 
Wow. That's very mature compared to my experience in my freshman year. So that's awesome to hear you say that. So what kind of specific goals do you have like right now as you're stepping into that freshman year? What kind of goals do you have short-term and long-term for this upcoming year and just your chapter in college in itself? Yeah. um, I think some goals I have are uh, first to just make good friends and like establish a good like support system up there and find good people to surround myself with. And then also I want to get involved like in different clubs because I really enjoyed being in different like types of things in high school, like a wide variety, which allowed me to meet new people. So I definitely want to get involved in a lot. And I also want to just figure out like what specific career path I'm interested in because I'm doing exploratory studies, but I know I want something health sciences-ish. So I kind of want to figure out exactly what health career I want. So I'm excited to learn about that and learn about science more because I kind of found that passion in high school. And then kind of a further off goal would just be like, I really want to get a good internship to prepare me for like a real world career and learn from like good uh, healthcare professionals. That's awesome. We are going to have to connect you with one of our guests, Jack Howard. He is going to be talking to us about his career choices totally in the health field. So we'll have to have you listen to that. Yeah. So you have talked a lot about your parents being such huge supports for you. So besides your parents, what else do you think has contributed to your overall positive experiences that you've had through high school and and your successes? Yeah, I think um, a lot of people and things have been good support systems. Um, my friends have been good sports throughout high school. We do like little study sessions together and we would go to coffee shops or go to each other's houses and study if we were like in a similar class or help each other out. I remember with like finals, we would go to this one coffee shop each day and like study together. And that was really helpful. Um, and then uh, my teachers were really big helps too, because I feel like I kind of always tried to establish a good relationship with all of them. And I would like go up to them and talk to them and try to like get to know them more so we could like have an open relationship. So it was nice um, to have teachers who like supported me and kind of knew who I was like in the beginning, like they kind of could tell like she has a little stress, you know, she worries a little more about school. So it was nice. Like they kind of knew who I was, which helped them like help me, which was nice. That would be like the people probably. And then personally, I just, just my parents, friends and teachers. Yeah. Were there any other supports like books or movies or music or anything that, um, might not be just like a person or persona that kind of supported you or that you found enjoyment in yeah, connection to? I really liked music a lot. I like, I've always loved listening to music. And so I would always listen to it when I would do my homework at home or like when we were in class and teachers were like, okay, work on this assignment. Like you can put in earbuds. So I would always listen to music. And I think that really helped too, because it was a way for me to like kind of focus, but also to calm down. Like it was a way to distress And I remember I would always come home and I had my little study playlist and I would get it going. And I just really liked listening to music. So I feel like that helped a lot with my stressing about it. What genre of music? 
Um, it kind of depends on the day, but I'd say my like studying music where I like am really trying to soak in the information is pretty like calm and just like instrumental, but then sometimes listen to country because I love country. So it really <laughs> depends on what mood we're in. <laughs> I love it. We'll have to share Spotify oh, for playlists. Sure. For sure. All right. So what about social media, Abby? Tell us a little bit about how that has, you know, contributed to who you are and just the good, the bad, the ugly, even with the social media aspect being so predominant in your generation. Yeah, I think social media obviously has its like pros and cons. Overall, I'm glad I joined it. I think it was nice and helpful because it allowed for like quick communication or um, quick connections with my friends and it was easy to do that. And also it was just kind of nice to have something mindless when I'm like worked up. I can just lay down and scroll through Instagram or something. But also at the same time, I think it caused for a lot of like, it's easy, especially for like girls, like it's easy for like comparison on social media and like, oh, why don't I look that like that? Why isn't, why aren't I doing that? Why isn't my life like that? So I feel like it's just, uh, you have to like understand it's nice and it's fun, but you also have to know, like be smart about it and be safe about it because it's hard sometimes, like easy to get like swallowed up into it. And just like, you have to know when to like put the phone down and be present again. Oh, that's so true for us, even yeah. 20 yeah. years older than you. <laughs> and we feel like the same, the same types of issues. You just have to like put it away. Or I even gave it up for several months one year after I was challenged by my child. <laughs> <laughs> I put like a timer on my social media app. So I have like a certain amount of time. And then once I reach that like amount of time I've spent on the app, it's like, okay, like you've that's reached good. your time limit for the day. And I'm like, okay. I think I should stop now. <laughs> that is very smart. <laughs> that is good. Well, how has social media maybe helped you connect with the people at Purdue? Yeah, um, it's been really nice. Uh, it helped me. There's like a Facebook page for our whole class of 2025 mm -hmm. now. And it was really nice because everyone was just kind of posting like a little short bio about them and pictures of them and uh, they would put their Instagram and Snapchat like username in it. So if I like, that's how I ended up finding my roommate because, uh, I posted on there and she posted on there and I saw her post and she looked really nice. So then I just like direct messaged her on Instagram and we started talking and it's just crazy. Cause it's like over social media, but it's like, that's like one of the cool things about it. And there were like, and then there's a freshman Purdue page on Instagram too people would post on there and I would just follow them on there. And it's just cool. Cause I like kind of already feel connected to the campus when I'm like not even there yet, which is a really cool aspect of it. Yeah. That's a huge advantage. Yeah. That's such a positive way to use it, to feel more comfortable. I mean, as yeah. you enter in, like, you know, each other already. Yeah. 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 So if you've listened to our previous episodes, we love hearing some tips and advice from gifted kids or teens or adults, young adults. So what would be some specific tips or, or advice that you'd give to current high schoolers who are wanting to end up in a similar path as you? Yeah, I think um, some advice would be to really try to find a good balance because it's easy to, especially with like junior year, like college applications and stuff, it's easy to just be like so overwhelmed with school and like putting so much pressure on yourself with school. And it also like you have to like enjoy high school. Like there's 
so many fun parts about it that I think it's important to find a balance between like personal and social life and then academic life as well. And so don't only focus on one and school's only a part of who you are. Like, it's okay if you mess up, like you'll get like, I don't know. It's only a part of who you are. And then um, also just like, I feel like it's important to be your own person and like stay true to who you are because it's easy in high school to kind of fall into what everyone else likes or does. And it's just like, stay true to who you are because like, that's really important to like be your own person in high school. And also just don't sweat the small stuff because there's definitely going to be hard times, but then there's also like really great times. So just enjoy the ups and downs because now it's all over and it goes really fast. <laughs> it really does. I When you said the class of 2025, I thought, wow, <laughs> that's not very far, but it's four years and it just, it will be here before you know it. Yeah. That's and I love how you can reflect back and give that awesome advice because as you talked earlier about your, some of your perfectionism, um, but all that advice is definitely advice that I feel like you've taken for yourself and can share with others. So that's incredible. That is. I feel like you are totally ready to go and you're set. Do you feel like you are? Yeah, I feel ready. I'm excited, but I'm also like nervous because it's just so different and such a huge change, but I'm ready and I'm really excited for it. Like. I'm excited for sure. Now with your brother also being at Purdue and playing on the Purdue football team, will you have lots of visits from your parents? Will they be up there a lot? Yeah. um, They go to all the football games, so they'll definitely be up there a lot in the fall, which I'm really excited about. And now that we're both up there, I definitely feel like they'll be taking um, good amounts of trips because we're all super close. So I definitely, it's definitely going to be an adjustment to living without them, but it's nice to have my brother there for sure. That is going to be really nice. Do you think that you guys will get together for meals or hangout time or anything like that? Just the two of you? Yeah, I think we're going to have to schedule like a a lunch every every couple few weeks or something so we can catch up on our lives because I know we'll both be busy, but we'll definitely have to hang out and meet up together. Yeah, that'll be really fun. Yeah. All right. So when you were preparing in the summer and getting ready for being a freshman and planning about this new adventure of college, what were you most looking forward to? Probably just looking forward to a whole new experience and a whole, like all new people. Like I'm just really excited um, for just like something I've never experienced before. Like I'm going out of state and, um, don't know that many people, but I think it's just going to be a really great experience for like personal growth and to learn more about myself because um, I'm just excited to have new experiences and meet new people and really find like what I'm passionate about for a career because I'm excited to learn about that. So what are you most nervous about? Um, probably just kind of the same thing. Like it's completely new. So it's definitely out of my comfort zone and, um, just college in general, like the rigor of the classes and gaining independence and learn, uh, living on my own. But I think that I'm ready for it and I'll be able to do well. That's great. So Abby, do you feel like besides the perfectionism that you've talked about, do you feel like there's any other gifted traits or qualities or characteristics that have stuck out to you and yourself? Um, I think I would say probably a good work ethic and like dedication 
to what I do. Like, and I feel like I've noticed that with other kids in like in the honors and AP classes, like they all care a lot about like their work that they do and the work that they turn in. And when we're doing a, doing a group project, like we all contribute a lot and um, care a lot about like the end product. And I think that's a good characteristic. Like once you get started, you want to go all in and finish it and go a hundred percent. So I think like dedication is a yeah, trait absolutely. that's kind of stuck mm-hmm. out to me with a lot of people that I've came in contact with. Commitment to the task. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Abby, it has been such a pleasure having you on our podcast today. We so appreciate knowing what has been kind of the ingredients or the recipe per se for you growing up gifted and just being able to thrive throughout the grades that you have gone through with graduating high school and now being in college. Yeah, it's been so fun. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Wow, that was fantastic. Thank you again, Abby. It is so important to to sit and really listen to different gifted journeys and how every gifted child, adult, young adult is different and how their experiences can help us learn and adapt and grow and, you know, challenge our children or ourselves or whoever it may be. It's kind of just that mindset shift of the way that we either teach our kids about being gifted and what those characteristics mean or the way that we handle them or approach them or even just ask them questions. Yeah, especially as teachers because, you know, you think someone is not doing their work because they're lazy, but really they're avoiding it because they want it to be perfect in a certain way. And sometimes we have to dig a little deeper to really find out the reasons behind the things and the choices our students do, especially those gifted students, um, to really understand. Yes. And it's so helpful to hear from the students themselves now that they're grown up and they're kind of in that mature age group that they're really able to self-reflect, self-evaluate, and kind of talk about the good, the bad, the ugly with gifted characteristics. So we appreciate Abby because it really opens up a lot of insight for all of us adults working with gifted kids. we are welcoming you to the segment Student Voices, but in this episode, we're handing the mic to parents so that we can hear about gifted adventures from their perspective. Hi, I am Jeannie, and I have a daughter who is in the gifted program, and I am in a suburban town out of Cincinnati, and I work at a mental health hospital that does research and focuses on eating disorders. And I actually have a side job that we run an apparel company as well. So it keeps us busy there. And my husband is an engineering manager out of the area as well. So Jeannie, tell us a little bit about what it's been like being Ella's mom, having a gifted daughter. Um, it has its ups and downs and challenges. Um, overall, it, she, it's good. It's a good thing. Um, it pushes her. Um, she is more of, I would say, the self-motivator leader, um, the leader that people follow more so than like the vocal. She sets good examples for everyone. I think 
they can see that she is strong-willed, um, that she is very detailed. And not only is it like on the academic side of it, but on the like artistic side as well. I mean, you see she has a good balance between academics and the artistic side. So what are some of her challenges? So her challenges that is that <laughs> I would say more of her brain never stops. It's always going um, for an example that she will come to me and ask like 10 questions in a row and expect answers right away. And I have to step back and say, okay, stop. Let's think about this. Let me get through this before I answer that. But she wants it done then and right like right now. Um, another challenge would be that she requires a lot of sleep. I mean, 10, 12 hours, preferably 12 hours. And I would think like as you get older, like girl-wise, you would need less. But I think it just helps her mind to shut down. And that's the way that she is able to stop her brain from going and continue on. Um, and not only on that, but she needs downtime. I know when we go days on, like nonstop running, anything like that, that if she doesn't get to sit and watch a show or do art or something, then she is going to probably have a meltdown sooner decompress, or later. Decompress, needs to decompress. Decompress, that is exactly it. I mean, we know it. Like I know three, four days in a row if we're doing this, it's not going to be well, good in our household. That's so important that you set aside that intentional time to do nothing because I think that in our society, it's hard for us to do that. So good for you for recognizing that. We try. I think we yeah. try as hard as we can, but it, sometimes it's not, sometimes I don't know when you're going to do it. So, like with the schedules and everything. Yes. Oh my goodness. With these characteristics about Ella and her, you know, identified gifted ability, when do you think you actually knew that she had these unique qualities and characteristics or was it when she was actually identified through school that you started to put these qualities that she's had ever since she's been, you know, an infant or a toddler and put those together with those gifted qualities? Like when would you say you started to kind of realize there was something unique about Ella? I would say it was early on, like toddler, that stage. Um, she would never forget anything. Like you could give her something and hours later or something would happen and she would remember that and know exactly what happened at that time. And the steps along, like she would, everything would be in line. I mean, that's kind of where you're like detail oriented, that type of thing. Um, always a leader. Everyone would always follow her, even her brother that's older. He would always like listen to her. I mean, she kind of, she was never bossy about it, but she had carried herself in a way that everyone just wanted to be with her. And she is a good friend, which is kind of nice to see because I think personality-wise, she accepts everyone. And it's not just focused on school or something about her. It's about everyone, which I think is really, and that's how she's been since she's been little. So get into a little bit of the school, the academic aspect of her being gifted. So how have you handled you know, the honors classes, the gifted classes, that kind of thing as a parent? So we sit down as a family and talk about these things. It's not just our decision or what we think is best for her. We sit down with her and ask her if she thinks this is something that's right or should be done. 
Um, for instance, she tested into the double honors math. And um, did I think it was the right choice? I thought it was going to push her. She doesn't come home and do math for hours on end. She plays sports. She does other things. So we, I asked her, and she said, no, I don't want to do that. So it's more of a family discussion than anything. I'm not going to, we're not going to push her. Um, we'll push her to continue to move on and do, but not in the sense of pushing her something she doesn't want to do, because I think that's better for her when she decides, like, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to do it. It's not only necessarily like academically, but like in athletics and everything, it's we do as a family, it's a family discussion, and ultimately, it's her decision with us, with our guidance. Wow, it sounds like you are giving her lots of options, letting her know kind of like the pros and cons, and maybe even making those pros and cons lists together, mm-hmm. like as a family, and then ultimately, it really is her decision after you've talked about those pros and cons. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to. I think there has to be a balance between school, friends, academics, everything. I mean, I think you're in today's world, it's going to be a struggle. So you need to be able to be open with them. And that's kind of how we are. Everything, they know the rules, they know what we expect, but like on things that they are doing. And if one day they say, hey, we this is too much or we don't want to do, that's okay. Mm-hmm. We're accepting of it. That is completely fine. So in general terms or in maybe like three big ideas, um, what would be kind of your structure for parenting? Um, I would say the first thing is to be open with them. Um, we're very open. I want to get opinions. Um, not just say, not just to tell them what is the best thing for them. Let them have an opinion would be the first thing. Um, expectations. Um, I don't, not to have the highest expectations out there that they're going to have to get to that point. That's not how it is. I mean, there's a lot of learning and a lot of life to get to that point. Um, And to be able to ask like questions and guidance. I mean, I don't want them to feel like they ever are hurt, any of them to ever feel that they can't ask or they are afraid to say something. They oh, we have a like open door policy. Please come to us if there's any questions, concerns. And I think, as a gifted child, I think their minds are constantly going. And so maybe they. I mean, she, she comes to us with a lot of good ideas and a lot of proposals and everything. And it's fun. Like I, but I want her to feel that she can do that and that we are able to help her and guide her and provide her with all of those opportunities if it's a good fit for her. So I think those would be the three. I mean, it's very open line of communication and don't just expect for them to understand. I mean, she's a sixth grader. I mean, a lot can change. A lot, you don't know everything, but just to be able to have guidance from us and have an opinion and to be helpful. I mean, just a leader. I mean, everyone's a leader, but trying to do it in a way that you can like move forward type situation. That's awesome. She is quite the leader and quite the athlete, (laughs) quite the scholar. So as far as expectations, so she is a superb athlete and superb at academics as well. So does she set those expectations for herself? She does. I will tell you, um, she has her own bathroom. And when something doesn't go her way, you will walk into her room and there in her bathroom mirror, there are goals. And there will be goals and dry erase marker or um, 
boards that what she wants to have an accomplishment, which that's all her. That's not us. I have pictures of it. I think it's amazing because that's what's mo- that is what is motivating her to get to that next level. That's awesome. Self-motivation. <laughs> so what would you say would be some advice or tips you would give other parents who either have younger kids that are similar to Ella or who have kids that maybe need um, a little nudge back on track? What would be your advice for those parents to just keep going on the direction you're going with, with Ella? I think open lines of communication and the expectations for you. Um, not every kid is have the same expectations. Everyone is made up differently. Um, brain capacity, everything like that. I think as a parent to a gifted child, I would suggest, or my suggestion to you would be more so open. Um, the pressure, there should not be pressure at them at this age. Um, let them come to you. Let them ask the questions. You can guide them, help them. Um, be there for support because it's hard. I mean, it's a hard time around other kids that aren't necessarily there or way above or so different. So just don't compare them to everyone because each of them are different. I have two kids. They are very different. One strong in one thing, one strong in the other. But overall, I would say just open like communication with the family. Sit down, understand them, have them ask questions. Don't let them be afraid and don't let them think they have to be at this level or they're going to fail because you're not going to fail. There's just different ways to guide them. All right. Well, thank you, Jeannie, so much for coming and chatting with us as the parent perspective of having a gifted girl. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks everyone for listening to another Adventures in Being Gifted episode. Make sure that you subscribe and review us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss an episode. Join us again next time for more Adventures in Being Gifted. Bye.